Today we are going to um, uh, conclude our, our two-part mini-series called Vision. I, I started it last week and, and, and I'm going to finish it off today. Just a two-part mini-series on the vision here at Family Life Church. Habakkuk 2.2 says, The Lord answered me, write down the vision, write it clearly on clay tablets, so whoever reads it can run to tell others. You know, I laid out the four-part vision of Family Life Church last week, which is to know God, live free, find your purpose, and make a difference. I talked about how we have the vision written or up in different areas, uh, like in the hallway here, in the hallway going to the children's lobby, in the, in, the, uh, in, in the lobby on the big wall upstairs, in the Next Steps room. It's on our app. It's on our website. We've written it down so not only can you see it, but you can, you can tell others, as the scripture said, you can easily repeat it, but most of all, so you can live it out. I explain how this is our vision because it's God's vision. If you're in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through 19 says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and the incomparably great power for us who believe. We see here the Apostle Paul was praying that the church would experience the fullness of life through this four-part journey. So again, last week we, we looked at the first two parts of the vision, know God and live free. And I showed you from the scripture how when Paul said to know him better, it wasn't just an intellectual knowledge of God, but it was a deep personal and intimate relationship with him. We see even Jesus saying in John 10, 14, that I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me and have a deep personal relationship with me. And then I also gave you some examples of what it looks like to have a deep and personal relationship with God. And then I showed you as well from the scriptures uh, how you can get free and live free from any uh, maybe hurts or, or, or struggles or um, uh, bondages that may be holding you back. We see this in Ephesians 1.18. It says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Now remember, when the Bible talks about the, the, your heart, it, it didn't say that the eyes of, in your head, but the eyes of your heart. The heart and, and the, the original text means your, the very core or your inner being, or another way to say it is your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. That's what he's talking about, so this may be clear. And, and we explain how the eyes of, uh, of our heart, or our heart, so to speak, need to be cleared from the smudge of the past, from sin, hurts, disappointment, whatever it is, God wants to set you free so you can live free. Amen? Jesus said, who the sun sets free is free indeed. So if you wasn't here last week, I just want to encourage you uh, that, that that message is online on our website, on our church app. You can go in and check it out. So this morning, we're going to look at the second two parts of our vision, which is to find your purpose and make a difference. So this morning, I want to start out by saying you must find your purpose as as whether you are born again believer, whether you knew the church. Maybe this is your first time here this morning. I know you have inside of you a deep longing and a desire to know what your purpose is in life. I can remember even growing up and watching TV and watching movies and people always said there was a, the, the age-old saying or thought or desire to know, what am I here for? Why am I on this earth? What, what is it? You know, the Bible makes it clear. He, he wants us to find our purpose. Look how another translation says it in Ephesians 1, 17 and 18. 
I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. Your eyes focusing clear. That's your heart. You remember the eyes of your heart be focusing clear. As we talked about last week, why do our eyes need to be focusing clear? Why do we need to get free from the past and whatnot and to be able to not see through the hurts and pains and struggles of our life? It tells us this in the last verse, so that you can see exactly what he's calling you to do. Remember, in the context, this is the Apostle Paul. He's praying for the church. He's saying, I pray that, that you would know God personally, that your, your, your heart would be free and healed. Because remember, we're all looking through life through the lenses of our past. Uh, uh, we're a culmination of our experiences in life is who we are today and how we're seeing life, how we're seeing things. He said, I want you to be free of that so that you can see exactly what he's calling you to do. God has called you to do something specific and he wants you to know exactly what it is. Did you know that? You have something specific to do and God wants you to know what it is. He don't want to just leave you guessing. He don't want to leave you in the dark. It's not like this, this puzzle, this jigsaw puzzle you need to try to figure out. No, the Bible makes it clear. He wants to show you exactly what that purpose is. This is your purpose in life. You were not created to just exist. If we're honest with one another, have you ever felt like, man, I, I just feel like I'm existing in life? Have you ever felt that way? I know before I came to know God personally, I felt that way. I had a good job. I had a, a nice little truck, I had my own apartment, I was paying my own bills, I was in no debt. I mean, I always had money in my pocket. I felt like, you know, life was good. In my early 20s, I just felt like I was set, like I wasn't, you know, but there was, I felt like I was moving up in the company. My a boss even approached me to, to go into partnership with him and possibly buy out his company one day. And I thought, man, this is awesome. I, if I stay on this track, I could, I could maybe be a business owner one day. But there was something inside of me that's like, man, I feel like there's more. I feel like there's more. Now, this was before I knew Christ. And so there was, there was this struggle. Like I knew that just going to work, getting home, you know, watching TV at the time, as I talked about last week, I was in bondage to drugs and alcohol, getting high, getting, you know, drinking a few beers or whatever. It was like, you know, that's what everybody did. That's what I saw my dad do. That's what I, I knew there was more to life. There was something inside of me that was more. And then you read Ephesians 2.10, you read something like this, and it becomes clear. I didn't know this scripture back then, but I'm, if you're feeling like that this morning, I, I hope that you see this. It says, for we are God's workmanship. Look, look at this. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Now watch this. Which God prepared in advance for you to do. Did you catch that? You were created for good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. So listen, you were created to do something specific, and God had that plan long before you was even born. See, it don't work like if, if God said, okay, I, Lonnie's born, Lonnie's sitting right here, Lonnie's born, and, and it's not like God's in heaven saying, hmm, now what am I going to get Lonnie to do with his life? Let me see if I can, can figure this out before Lonnie gets old enough to understand. No, do y'all see the scripture? The Bible makes it clear. Let me say it this way. Before there was a you, there was something for you to do. Before there was a you, there was something for you to do. God had a specific purpose and calling on your life even before you were conceived, even before you were born. Ephesians 2.10 makes it clear that God created you for a specific purpose. Look at Ephesians 1, 4 in the Amplified Version. He says, he chose us in Christ, actually selected us for himself as his own 
before the foundation of the world so that we would be holy. That is consecrated, set apart for him, purpose driven and blameless in his sight. You know, most the most fulfilled people on the planet aren't the people with the most money or even the people without problems. It's the people living out their purpose. It is the people living out. When you're living out your purpose, that's the most fulfilling part of life. When you know that you're doing exactly what God has created and called you to do. Pastor Larry Stocksdale, y'all familiar with him? And, and he's spoken here. He's, you know, was the pastor at Bethany Church in Baton Rouge. He said this. He said, I've been with very wealthy, important people who have no purpose. Money is not purpose. Rich people who retire figure that out. You know, I've even talked to people that have retired or get or worry about retiring because they said, man, I've, I've seen people actually we're talking to Neil about this not too long ago. Like, man, I see people that retire and shortly after they retire, they die. You know anybody like that? I even heard that story. I believe part of that is because people work and their purpose in life is to get up, go to work and to, to collect a paycheck. And when they retire, it's like they lose motivation. They, they lose a purpose for why they're here. And I don't, look, I'm not saying that's everything. I'm sure there's some correlations with all, what else they're doing in life. But listen, I know one man that says, I don't never want to retire. He said, why would you want to retire? Now, this is a guy that's in ministry and, and, and whatnot. And he said, but you know, why would I want to retire from what God has created me to do? You know, and so you might, you might, you know, not everybody's in full-time ministry. You might have a full-time job, but there's something else that the Lord wants you to do. And, and you know, when you retire officially from your actual nine-to-five job, you know, um, uh, then there's still something God has for you to do. I talked about that. John Maxwell's dad's in his 90s, mid to, uh, I think mid-90s, somewhere around his mid-90s. And he was a pastor all his life. And he went into a retirement home. So he started holding services in the retirement home. Sunday service. So many people came, he had to have two services. So many people came, he went to three services on a Sunday morning in an assistant living home. Then he talks to John, he said, man, I can't, there's so many people, I'm hearing other people want to do it. I'm thinking about having satellite campuses for my Sunday morning services. That's a man that's living out his purpose, right? He's reaching the people. He, he even said in one of his books, he said, my dad goes around and he, he visits like 20 old people a week. He said he don't realize he's one of the old people, you know, like, but he's a pastor. Like God's called him the pastor to reach people, to win souls to Christ, to disciple people. And he's going to literally do that till he has no more breath in his lungs, right? Even though he retired from officially full-time pastor years ago, this man is still living out his purpose. So what is God's purpose for you? What should you invest your life doing? You know, it's going to be hard to know what the purpose God has for you until you figure out how you're created. Look at this scripture, 1 Corinthians 9, 26. Paul said this, so I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. You know, I begin to think about that. I read that scripture, you know, uh, I, I don't know, a, a week or so ago in, in, in my daily time. And I knew it when I saw that word purpose, it popped out. But I was studying Friday and I looked at that. He said, I run with every step with purpose. I'm not just shadow boxing. And I begin to think about this. You know, if you try to figure out your purpose without knowing how God has wired you and designed you, it's like shadow boxing. You know what shadow boxing is? It's boxers that are practicing, but they're aiming at nothing. They're just punching at the air, Right. So, so why am I saying all this? You know, we have made a way. You hear it in the announcements every, every, every Sunday. That's why we have the next steps classes. 
Because we try to help you. you. You take a personality survey and a spiritual gift survey, and they're both equally important. Because you know what? You can know what your spiritual gift is, but if you don't know what your personality is, really that's another way to say it is how God has designed you or wired you. It's going to be hard to figure out your purpose. So first you got to know how are you wired? How, you know, uh, how has God made you? What is, what is he made you? Uh, what is your personality? What are your passions? When you figure that out and then you see your giftings and then it works hand in hand. Like today, we start now, we actually just tweak the next steps material and today uh, uh, it's going to be class one. Class one is going to be getting to know us better. Next week is discover your design, right? Week two is discover your design. And we named it that, you know, because we want you to know how God has designed you, how he wired you. And once you know that and then you see what your spiritual gift is as well, you can find your purpose easier. You know, here's a funny, I was just thinking as I see Ms. Babs over there, Ms. Babs was telling me, you know, last week about how um, that, you know, about, I'm pretty loud when I speak, right? If you know me, even in this, I could probably, I probably don't even need this microphone. I mean, it would help me probably, but not, you know, but I, even little things like that, people, matter of fact, I did a, I did a wedding uh, a couple of weeks ago and the couple that I was, I was doing, I was finishing up their pre-marriage counseling and a lady came and finished some paperwork and I was talking to her about what a covenant marriage means and stuff. And I could see the, the bride to be whispered to her, her, uh, husband or her, her, you know, soon to be husband. And they started giggling. So after that lady left, I said, what's so funny? She looked at me. She said, I just told him, I don't think you have an inside voice, you know, <laughs> but I begin to think about that, you know, all joking aside, even the simplest thing, God's called me to pastor and to preach the gospel. It's pretty suiting that I have a voice that carries, right? Because guess what? I do a lot of weddings outside. I've done funerals that the microphone wasn't working. I've done all kind of things. And just little simple things like that. If, if I was more timid and like very soft-spoken, that, that don't fit well with public speakers, right? Think about just a little thing like that. How you are, your personality, even down to how I believe how your voice carries, has something to do with how God has wired you. And that's very simple and basic and, you know, but listen, like I said, I encourage you. And listen, you may have, you know, years ago we called it the 101, 201, 301. Then we moved and called it the, the Love Grow Reach classes. And then we moved it to the Spiritual Growth Track. Now it's called the Next Steps. We've changed the name of it, but we're refining it where years ago it takes six months to go through this class. And there was, we didn't really understand the, the process and strategically what we're trying to do. So all these years we continue to work on honing it down. That's why it's four consecutive Sundays after both services and it's, it's, it's a structure to try to help you, or a system, should I say, to try to help you. So if you're sitting here today and say, Brandon, I don't know how I'm created, what's my gifting, whatnot, I encourage you to jump into the Next Steps class. Or maybe you did that years ago, and you felt like, man, it said this years ago, but I feel like things have changed and I'm doing something different now. I encourage you to come through the class. Again, it's, it's there an hour a day. We feed you lunch after the second service and help, let us help you to find and fulfill your purpose, right? I heard a pastor say it this way, humans were made to have meaning. Without purpose, life is meaningless. A meaningless life is a life without hope or significance. Purpose empowers significance. Purpose empowers significance. What leads us to our fourth part of the vision, and that's to make a difference. But I'm going to say it this way today. You were destined to make a difference. 
You were destined to make a difference. And we just read that, right, from Ephesians 2.10. It says before, you know, he planned in advance for you to do a good work. A good work for what? To, to, to a good work both in you, that once you get saved, you become more Christ-like, but so you can begin to make an impact in other people's lives. So that tells me that all of our destinies is to make a difference in other people's lives. Most of us are sitting in this church today because somebody made a difference in our life, Right? For me, it was, it was my mom that continued to love on me and pray for me all those years and take me to church. And then some of you I know were praying for me too and was an example, my brother. And even though they're both in heaven now, they've made an impact. They made a difference in my life. The reason that I'm even standing here, that I'm saved, more or less standing up here in front of you today, right? So all of us, somebody made a difference in our life. We must continue to make a difference because it's our destiny. James 1.27 says this, true spirituality that is pure in the eyes of God, our Father God, is to make a difference in the lives of the orphans and widows in their troubles. Now, I know this verse Paul was talking about orphans and widows specifically, but it doesn't stop with just those two people groups, right? The Lord is calling us just like he wants us to make a difference in the lives of orphans and widows. Of course, those two are close to the Lord's heart, no doubt, but he's calling us to make a difference in everyone around us, different peoples all around us. You know, Ralph Waldo Emmerman said this, the purpose of life is not to be happy. That may be a word for somebody just this morning. If your whole purpose in life is to try to get happy and stay happy, that's not the purpose of life. Jesus never said it was. Not because Ralph said it, because Jesus said it, right? He said, take up your cross and follow me. Now, there's moments we do get happy and we're joyous and that's, that's fine, but that's not the ultimate goal. He said it this way, it is to be useful, to be honorable, to be compassionate, and to have it make some difference that you have lived and lived well. That we've lived our life well. And I'm going to show you at the end a scripture that, that backs up what he's saying. You know, I read about a Hebrew term, a uh, Hebrew phrase, Tikkum ulem, which means repairing the world. And as I looked it up, I was trying to pronounce it, so I did my best just now. But if you never heard it, then you don't know if I pronounced it wrong or not. But as I looked it up again this morning to see the pronunciation of it, I read a, a better meaning than the one I had read earlier this week. And it says this, it's a belief of the Jewish people that they bear the responsibility to not, for not only their own moral, spiritual, and material welfare, but also for the welfare of society at large. So it's a Jewish thought and, 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 and a mindset. It's a Hebrew term that means, you know what, I can't just go about this life worrying about myself, basically. Just worrying about my own, like, okay, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm close to God. I know God personally. Man, God set me free. Man, you know, but, but to find what, I, what our purpose is, they understand that as we go through this life, look, again, God wants to bless you. With, with an awesome spiritual life, with wealth, with, uh, that, I make no bones about it. We're not prosperity preachers, but God does want to bless you. I don't believe God wants his people to be poor. I don't believe that. I believe that's a lie from, from the pit of hell. I believe God wants to bless us, but here's why. So we can enjoy it and so we can turn around and bless others. Right? It don't stop with us. Right? Pastor Sada always says that we're not a reservoir. We're supposed to be a river. We're supposed to be outflowing. So no matter what it is, again, God wants you to enjoy our life. He wants you to, have, to enjoy it, to have fun, to do things. I, I, I truly believe that. But, but like this Hebrew term, this mindset that a lot of Jewish people live by, you know what? It's, it's, it's true all through the Bible. What's cool is that I read an article just last week about a, a, a lady here in Acadiana uh, that 
She left a legacy that she's being honored about. And you might have read this in the news, but, you know, um, in New Iberia, there's a street called Shot Street. And the reason the, 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 the street was, well, let me say, first, it's called Shot Street. And there's, in recent years, there's been a lot of shootings on Shot, Shot Street. I remember one of the first times I read that, I asked Pastor Kelly. He's from New Iberia, still lives there. I said, man, that's kind of ironic, huh? They're having shootings on Shot Street. What, is that why they named it? He said, man, I have no idea. Well, this article said that actually the reason they originally named it Shot Street was because a bunch of shotgun houses were lined up on that road. So now there's a bunch of shootings going on, and they're wanting to rename the road. So I'm going to read you just a little bit of an article that I read just in KTC, the local news. It says this. It will be renamed Velma Lead Lane after Velma Paradin. Paradin is a noted community leader and was named the Daily Iberian Citizen of the Year in 1995. Paradin lived with her six children and operated a daycare center on Shot Street. Listen to this. Over 47 years, she helped raise more than 1,000 kids. On that street. Over the last few years, several shootings have occurred on Shot Street. Councilman Lewis decided to rename the street. Lewis said, we just didn't like the idea of Shot Street being correlated with the idea of shootings. Initially, the street was to be named after the oak trees lining the street. Lewis said they couldn't do that because there were too many oak-affiliated streets in New Iberia. However, residents decided to name the name should be after someone who has, quote, made a difference. After several meetings, residents recognized that Velma Paradin was worth, worth honoring. Lewis said, I've decided to go along with Miss Velma Lee Paradin's name because she is deserving of that reward, if you will. Her son, Kevin Paradin, added, it's remarkable that they're recognizing a woman who has done so much for the city. She's still living on today. So obviously, Miss Velma Lee has gone on. But you know what? She made a difference in the streets of New Iberia. Now, years later, where this street that once she, you know, and I don't know her history, so I don't, you know, but I, I could about imagine this lady, maybe an older lady, loving on these kids, helping these kids. I mean, over a thousand kids in 47 years. So she was making a difference in her community, even giving the Citizen Award. And so years later, now, this area of New Iberia, there's starting to be shootings and killings and crime and whatnot. And what happened? This lady made a difference. So now they want to honor her and rename that street her name. Listen, we might never get a street named after us, but even more important, we can make an eternal difference by making a difference in the lives of people around us, right? I mean, that's a great thing to honor this lady, you know, and, 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 but, but for us, it's not about, I mean, that's great if somebody, you know, I, you know, if there's a Dwayne Dago Lane one day, that'd be awesome, you know, but more importantly, I hope that my name's tied into some of the names that are going to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life in heaven. That's more important to get a street name in Scott, right? I mean, it's an honor. What a blessing. As I read that, I said, man, it goes right along. But you see, when you make an impact, and then what, what this reminds me of with Miss Velma is that when you die, when you make a difference, you leave a legacy. And that's what she's done. She's left a legacy in New Iberia. And, and, and many of us, like I said, I've gotten to see legacy up close in just the last couple of years with, with my mom and, of course, Brother Francis going to be with the Lord. I've got to watch the legacy up close. And when they went and they departed this earth, you just start hearing and seeing. And I knew both of them had made a huge impact. We're all here today because of Brother Francis and Miss Babs, right? Where everybody, I mean, we're, we're, I got saved because of their obedience many, many years ago that this church was here and that it was here. And then Brother Todd's uh, obedience as well. And my mom, and I knew they were making impacts, but when they leave the earth and they realize, man, you look at the people that come, you hear the stories online of people that came, you realize they made a difference that left a lasting legacy even far when they're gone. I don't know about you, but that's what I desire to do. And I believe 
That's what God has created us to do. John 13, 17, Jesus said this. Now that you know these things, I love this, so simple. God will bless you for doing them. I know it was so deep, you got to meditate on it for a minute, right? Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. you got to understand the context of this scripture. He said this right after the teaching on serving others when he was washing the disciples' feet. If you go and look back in John 13, he said this right after he washed the disciples' feet. And if you remember, you know, Peter was like, no, Lord, don't wash my feet. You know, I'm not worthy. I should be washing yours. And Jesus had to teach him, listen, your, your whole job here is to serve others. He said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom. Wouldn't we say Jesus made the biggest difference ever in history and will that radiates throughout eternity, right? He, he is the example. He made a huge difference. He was teaching him on surfing. So he said, now you get it. You understand. You got a purpose. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. It doesn't stop with the knowledge. It's not good enough to know what your purpose is. The blessing comes from making a difference in other people's lives by serving them. And that's one of the reasons that we have serve teams here at Family Life. It's, it's, it's so you can make a difference. Listen, I'll be honest. When I first came on staff here, especially as a youth pastor and throughout, I was always trying to get volunteers because I needed help. I was like, man, I need help. I can't. We go, we do youth encounters, they would call back then. We take 80 kids or so uh, plus off campus to a retreat center for a whole weekend. Trust me, I needed a lot of help and a lot of prayer, right? So I'm always asking, I'm asking people, man, can you help? Would you serve? Would you volunteer? Would you, you know, and even as we go through, I, I, once I started overseeing Wild Game Cookout, a thousand men are coming on this campus with 40 cooks, man, I need some help. But it wasn't until I, I realized, and, 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 and another man, a guy, helped me understand, yes, we do need help to do what we do on Sunday mornings. But you know what? By us helping you to connect to a serve team, we're actually also helping you. Because we're helping you to fulfill the destiny that God has for you. None of us were called to be pew warmers, right? Those pews don't need to be warmed anymore. I hope they're comfortable on Sunday morning and Wednesday night. But there's a reason. There's a purpose. We want you to get in the game. I heard one pastor say this, you know, about um, that, you know, in Ecclesiastes, he talks about that a three-braided cord is not easily broken. And he said, if you look when Jesus says, when you pray, when you fast, and when you give, he said, that's the triple-braided cord of the Christian. And when I look at giving, I don't look at that as just giving finances, but we were designed, Jesus expected us to pray, to fast, and to give, not just our money, but our time and to serve, give of our gifts that God has given us. So what I've believe in saying all of that is that you're not truly again fulfilled or really truly walking in the will of God until you're using your purpose to make a difference and serve others. Y'all tracking with me? So I encourage you. We have so many serve teams to jump on, to get on. Again, if you haven't gone through the next steps class and you're like, man, there's for everything from ushering to, to lobby host to, I mean, uh, every, uh, to the next steps class itself. We have a team for the next steps class that helps us now. It could be special events. Like, you know, there's so many different things that, that we can do. And you know what? I want to take a moment right now to honor those who serve. Because 1 Corinthians 16, 18 says, you must show your appreciation to all those who serve well. So for anybody that's in here, that has served or is serving. Even today, I see Eddie, I see Ronnie, I see, you know, Greg back here, the ushers. There's people working in the media booth. I just want to give you a round of applause and say thank you. Thank you for serving. Thank you for serving so faithfully. And I want to let everybody know, every Sunday morning, every time, not even Sunday morning, every time the doors open at this church, 
It takes serve team members to help pull it off. We got a great staff, but like I was saying earlier, we're running a skeleton crew right now. So even, even when we're at full capacity, what we do every single day, there's an amazing serve team that are serving. So thank you. Thank you for serving. And I want to encourage others to jump on a serve team again. Yes, it does help further the vision of the church as we've been talking about, but it helps you to tap into why you were created. The purpose you had and your destiny. I'm telling you, there's nothing. There's some guys, I'm telling you right here, that there's, I know people, if I asked Eddie, I told a man, hey, take a break, we don't need you. To He'd probably be mad at me. I know Mr. Neil Picard. I always look at Neil and it's like, he's our behind the scenes guy for Wild Game Cookout. If I told that dude he couldn't serve, I'm telling you, he'd, I'd, I'd probably have to hide. He'd be after me. Because he knows that this is his purpose. This, he tells me everything. This is what I do every year. I say, Neil, man, come inside. You can win a prize, man. He's like, man, I don't need another gun. I don't need another. We give away, you know, shotgun and we give away hunting gear and stuff. And he's a big outdoorsman. He said, man, I, I, got, I don't need any of that stuff. Let me go start breaking down the table so when y'all come out, there won't be as much. He tells me every year, this is what I do. This is our purpose. Some people, they have amazing voice, and they're called to sing and, and lead us in the worship, right? And other guys, they're, they're called to set up behind the scenes, and everyone is just as important, by the way. I, I said this before, and I'll say it again. Me standing up here preaching a sermon this morning, it, the person changing a diaper in the nurse right now is just as important, and just, her job this morning is just as important as mine up here. And I believe that with all my heart. I believe when we get to heaven, some of those sweet little ladies might be in line before me. Like, seriously. And why? Because they're, being, they're faithfully serving in the areas that they know God's called them to do. Some of these ladies, you know that just, I see some ladies right here with their kids' life. They're serving probably second service, I'm guessing. They'll be serving in the kids' life, Megan, too, at second service. These are serve team members. They got their kids' life shirts on. That, that's, that's, that's so important. Everything that we do around here is important, no matter what you do. So listen, not only do we have ongoing serve teams that meet, um, that you can serve on, on once a month, but we also have outreaches every year that we um, want you to be a part of, you can help us with. And these next two, you heard one in the announcements, obviously two weeks from today is Easter. Some people only come to church or one or even open to come to church on Easter and Christmas. I heard somebody say this week, they're called CEO Christians, Christmas and Easter only. So that's the only time they may become or they're open to it, right? And they might be open to coming at that time. So listen, I want to encourage you to invite people. Listen, with, with the day and age of social media, you know, we used to give out invite cards and stuff, and we considered doing that this year. But listen, right now, you can pull out your phone literally right now, and there is a post on our Facebook page. There's a graphic. I encourage you to even do that now. Pull your phone out and go and, and share our post. You can screenshot the graphic. Matter of fact, I checked this morning and is even put on our website. You can go to our website and click on Easter. And she put like four different, uh, different variations of the graphic that you can click on. You can screenshot it so you can text it to people or you can put, you know, put it on your social media platform, Facebook or Instagram with your own caption. Like there's a post up there this morning that she wrote some info on, but you can just screenshot just the graphic. It says Easter at Family Life and invite people, tag people to come out. You can make a difference. You know, like, like they said, we're going to have a special service on Easter Sunday and people are sometimes more open to the gospel or even to come to church in those times. So we have two weeks. So there's, we started a social media campaign and now we're asking you to get behind us to help make a difference. One more big event that's coming up here just in a couple months and that's our kids camp. You know, the last week in June, we're going to have over 300 children in this auditorium and all through campus for four straight days. Somebody say, help them, Lord. 
Yes, they, they need some help, <laughs> both prayer, but they also need help. As you can imagine, it takes a lot of help to, to you know, I'm talking about corralling 18, I mean, 80 teenagers. Can you imagine 300 children? I mean, it, it's amazing what our serve team does. But listen, they need some more help this year. You know, our media team interviewed uh, some children uh, uh, and asked them what their favorite part of camp was. And I thought it was very interesting. Gives you an insight of what we do here at camp every year. Check this video out. Water mania. Isn't that awesome? You know, as you heard, I thought it was perfect because it wasn't just, I mean, you heard, yeah, playing games and whatnot, but some of these children, they, there was no scripts. They just asked them. Amanda asked them, what is your favorite part of camp? And some of them said, learning about God, praise and worship, learning new songs, right? And so you see that, I mean, you can see up there too, I mean, these children are coming on campus and they are learning about God. They're, they're hitting the word of God being taught to them. They're getting ministered to. They do altar calls where they lay hands on kids. Kids get saved. Kids get filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, they, they love praise and worship. And yes, they, they, they do have fun. And you know, they, they, they have a blast. And I, I mean, this is important too. I mean, I don't know about you, but the church I grew up going to, I stopped and thought about it and I don't ever remember having fun when I go to church. I don't know if you was the same way in the church you went to. I, you know, so it's, I think it's important that kids have fun at church, right? They're going to correlate that. Man, when I go to church, I learn about God. I experience God. But, hey, I have, a, I have a fun time while I don't it as well. And did you notice something else was very interesting? Almost every one of them said being with friends. This ties into what we talked about last week about life groups and living free and how you got to be in a community. It just it shows me that God has put in, in even all of us as children, they understand the importance of community. They want to be around friends. They want to connect with friends. That's something that's in us at an early age. And these are not only our children. I, I, I'm imploring your help because not only are we making a difference in the lives of our children, these are, these are pretty much all of our kids here that come to church here, but I found out that at least are almost half of the students or children that come to kids camp are not affiliated with the church at all. There's some of them that go to other churches, but there's almost half that are not affiliated with any church at all. These are unchurched children. Are y'all tracking with me? 
So these children, these parents are allowing, they're dropping their kids off for a whole week and allowing us to spend this time at these young, impressionable times of these children's lives and and pour into their lives. Teach them the word of God. Get them into the presence of God. Experience and worship. So you can make a difference in the lives of children and their families in our community by serving this year at camp. If you desire to serve, again, you can go online, our website, our app. You can go check out our lobby. Ms. Brenda's going to be in the lobby after service. You can go talk to them about getting signed up and in, in some form capacity. Again, there's everything from, you know, classroom leaders to helping out with the food and everything in between, right? So you can jump in some kind of way. In John 9, 4, as I wrap this thing up, Jesus said this, we must quickly carry out the task assigned to us by the one who sent us. Why did Jesus say we must do this quickly? Because we don't know how much time we have left, church. Isn't that the truth? You heard Mr. Lee tragically, a drunk driver hit his cousin, driving home with his children, his grandchildren. I don't know where they was going, but it sounded like a family outing, driving back home. And he said he was, what, three minutes or three miles from his house? Three miles from his house, regular evening, going home with his children. And like that, his life ended. That's the reality, right, church? The reality is we're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised this afternoon. Right? You know, look at Psalms 90, verse 12. It says, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us spend them as we should. How are you spending your days? Are you spending them to make a difference? Do you even know what your purpose is? I pray that you find out what your purpose is if you don't. And if you do, that you either continue Or you begin to make a difference. Purposely ask God to help you. We can't do this on our own. Again, we always say it. I pray this. I prayed this morning. Lord, I can't do this on my own, nor do I want to. I need your help. We need the Holy Spirit to help us. But if we surrender to God, find out our purpose and our calling, and we ask the Holy Spirit to help us, because he will, because this is his will, right? We can make a difference in the lives of people all around us, at our work, at the park, children, at church, our community, our own families, everywhere we go around. Amen? Why don't you go ahead and stand up with me if you don't mind? We don't know how many days we have left. They may be few or they may be very few. Again, this reminds us how quick our life can end on this earth. So let's ask the Lord to help us to spend the time as we should. Last week we talked about knowing God personally. The only way that you can know God the Father in a personal way is through his son Jesus Christ. In John 14, 6, Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus Christ is the only way to have a personal and intimate relationship with God. Why don't you do me a favor and close your eyes and bow your head with me. If you don't mind, we do this out of just reverence for God, but also out of respect for others. This is a very personal time, and we want it to be an intimate time between you and God. And so that way nobody's looking around, nobody's getting distracted. It just gives you like a private moment in, that, in, this, in this moment. I'm going to ask you a very personal question, but it's a very powerful one. I ask it every week, every Sunday, every Wednesday, every time I stand up here. We all do. Are you in a personal relationship with God? Sadly, if that was you, and I hope I'm not being insensitive, Mr. Lee, but if that was you and you, you tragically died in a car accident like that, Would you be ready for eternity? The Bible says that whenever we cross over, Jesus makes it clear. We either go to heaven or we go to hell. You know, Jesus actually talked about hell more than he talked about heaven. 
Why did he do that? Because he knew the, the, the weight and the gravity of spending an eternity separated from God. Some people say, man, well, how would a good God send people to hell? God doesn't send anybody to hell. Matter of fact, God has made every provision to keep you out. I heard one man say it like this, and I love it. You got to step over Jesus to get to hell. He's made every provision. We sinned. Jesus came, died on the cross for our sins to pay our debt. Last week we talked about it. It's like if you had a debt to the IRS and somebody paid it in full. Jesus paid our sin debt in full. So if you say, Brandon, I'm not sure I'm right with God. I'm not sure I have a personal relationship. If I died suddenly, I don't know where I would spend my eternity. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you know that's you and you say, Brandon, I need to pray and get right with God, I want you to just slip up your hand. I want you to slip it up and don't even think about it. Just say, hey, I see your hand in the back, sir. Anybody else? Anyone else? I see your hand over here, sir. Ma'am, I see your hand to the left. Anybody else? I see your hand in the back, sir, by the sound booth. Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, this is the most important thing is to first start off the journey by knowing God personally. Now, for all of you that raised your hand, we're going to pray with you. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. That word believe means to trust. Like if you jumped out of a plane with a parachute, you would trust that parachute to save your life. If you believe that Jesus died for you, we're going to pray all together. I want you to pray with me too, church. Lord Jesus. I thank you for loving me. I thank you for dying for me. Lord, I know that I've sinned and I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. I receive your free gift of salvation today. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me. I'll make you my Lord and Savior. Now give me the grace and give me the strength to live for you all the days of my life. Show me my purpose and help me to make a difference, Lord. Set me free in every area that I need to be free. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a round of applause. Hey, we rejoice with y'all. We celebrate with you guys, you ladies and gentlemen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, there's a card in the pew right in front of you. It says, I made a decision. Do me a favor, fill out that card. It takes about a minute to do. In the lobby, you can go out to the left. There's the info center. We want to give you a Bible. We want to help you to give you some things to, to, to move forward in. So listen, I want to encourage you. This is our vision. We've been talking about it. It's written all over the place. It's to know God, live free, find your purpose, and make a difference. Hopefully everybody knows God in here now. If there's some things you need to get free about, we'll pray with you at the altar right after the service. If you don't have solid relationships, get into solid relationships. We have life groups for you to do that. There's a kiosk in the lobby. You can go to our website and check all the list of the life groups we have to offer. If you don't know your purpose, hey, jump into Next Steps class today. We want to help you to make a difference. That'll be impacting and, again, will echo throughout all eternity. Amen? Let me pray over you and I'm going to release you. Father, I thank you for every single man, woman, teenager, and child in here today. Be with them as they go. Pour out your spirit, your blessing, and your anointing upon them. Oh God, help them to continue. Help us all to know you in a personal way, to live free, to stay free, find our purpose, and to make an eternal difference as you've called us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.